0: The Dallas Cowboys defeat the New York Giants in week three. What does that mean for the long-term outlook for the Dallas Cowboys? All that and more in this episode of the Locked On Cowboys podcast. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On. Locked On. Locked On Cowboys. Locked On
1: Cowboys.
0: Welcome back to the Lockdown Cowboys Podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Your team every day. We would like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Pick two to five players, and if they score more or less than their Prize Pick projection, you can win up to ten times your money on your entry. First-time users can receive a one hundred percent instant deposit match. Up to one hundred dollars with promo code locked on. That is prizepicks.com, promo code locked on. I am Marcus Mosher. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosher. He is Landon McCool. Check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. Landon, how's it going?
1: Happy uh, Victory Tuesday. We don't get a ton of these, uh, but uh, I'm, I'm thrilled to be involved in this one. Uh, this was a this was a fun game. Uh, I, I know a lot of people don't like to watch these kind of games, uh, but I I, I was entertained throughout it was it was nail the nail biting at times oh yeah i was sweating uh halfway through this game but i i, I thought the cowboys played it exactly how we we kind of expected them to mm-hmm. uh and you know we'll dive into all of it but uh you know overall really good really good step for this team to get another win with the backup quarterback on the road stacking these wins while we can uh, and we got some positive, uh, maybe some positive news on, on Gallup and, and for next week and, and maybe for Schultz. And then who knows
0: when yeah. Dak may be coming back soon. So all right, uh, we're all gonna positive. get it. Yeah, we're going to get into all the performances. Obviously, we'll talk about Cooper Rush. But long term, yeah. what does a win like this mean? Now that you've won your second game without Dak Prescott, you've won a game on the road in prime time. Does this change the thought or your, your expectations for the Cowboys for this season? I, I just don't think you can you can deal with expectations
1: at this point. You know, I think once your quarterback, your starting quarterback goes down, I think you're trying to stack as many wins as you can and just kind of keep it on a week to week focus. Just keep things afloat, uh, right? Yeah. And I think that's 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 the way that they're looking at it. I, I will say that I think You know, we've talked about it since before the season that we felt like this was a team that was going to get better as they got as they went along. It's a young team. As they got some experience, they'll start, you know, becoming a more talented team. Uh, And I think that that you're seeing you're seeing that you're seeing Tyler Smith start to blossom. Uh, You're seeing uh, Tolbert start to get on the field a little bit more. Hopefully he'll start to develop a little bit more. Obviously had that one drop. Uh, but but Noah Brown has been a revelation you know and I think that continues his his route there uh, CD lamb was a guy that obviously we we expected from week one to come out and be a player for this team I think he struggled early on but I do think that the resiliency he showed last night could be a really great stepping stone to kind of kicking off the, the kicking off a season even though we're three games into it Um yeah. So I think that there are a lot of positive long term mm-hmm. things that come out of this simply because to get a win without your starting quarterback, especially a division win, I know that it was expected. I know that, I mean, I picked him the Well, the
0: it,
1: I, I don't think it was expected. Dallas wasn't even favored in this game. I know that I, we could talk about that too, but I, I sat there, I was sitting there like listening to the, the pregame stuff and like hearing all those folks talk about, like, oh, we're picking the Giants, we're picking the Giants. And I was shocked, man. Honestly, like, if you go back and watch the Giants these first two games, like, there was nothing about that team that made you feel like they should necessarily be favored against the Cowboys, even with the backup quarterback. So, I I, I mean, maybe I'm holding the Cowboys to a higher standard than I should with the backup quarterback, but I felt like the Cowboys were the more more talented team. Um, And really, the reason that the game was even close was – uh, some bad penalties, some you know, some some misplays there, here and there. Uh, but it felt like the dam was going to break the Cowboys' yeah. way more than it did the Giants. Outside of you know, one Saquon Barkley,
0: you know, scamper to the touch to the end zone. A couple of things really quickly, just on this long term kind of thing about the Cowboys. You mentioned the youth. There was a time last night where the Cowboys, and I remember the play specifically. You had four rookies playing on offense at the same time between Peyton Hendershot, Jake Ferguson, Tyler Smith at left tackle, and Jalen Tolbert out wide. I mean, it, on top of that, you're playing a second-year seventh-round pick at left guard, a backup quarterback in Cooper Rush. I mean, it, a pretty young player in Tyler Biot- Biotish and Terrence Steele. Like, yeah, this this team is really, really young on offense. So there's going to be some growing pains and you're right. This is why we thought if you can just survive the first six to eight weeks of the season, who knows what this team looks like in December and January to that point. The reason why this win is so big is we were talking pre season. If you can get the four and four before the bye week or maybe five and three, you're going to set yourself up for a chance to make a run. Now that you're two in one, despite not having Dak and Gallup and Schultz and all those guys, it makes getting to four and four a a lot easier, right? Like you don't have to really squint to see them getting to four and four or even five and three. No, absolutely not. And I think,
1: you know, it gives you confidence in some of these teams that they have to play. Uh, Look, I mean, like whenever you lose your starting quarterback, you know, we all kind of, Poo poo power rankings, but we do them in our head. But as soon as you drop, as soon as you lose your starting quarterback, you always drop whatever team you're talking about to near the bottom. I mean, it's just because quarterbacks are so important, right? So for the Cowboys to still be able to come in and be, I I think having a chance, a good chance to win some of these games left. And I think the Bears game obviously is one, despite that that, that the Cowboys can can win. I think, you know, Washington this week is going to be a game that they can win. Uh, The Rams game will be difficult. But but I, I think that, you know, the, the fact that they have uh, uh, enough in-house as it is to kind of make you feel like you can be competitive in those games. And like you mentioned, since they're two and one, all they need to do is win two games in the next like four and, 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 and they could, they'll be sitting pretty in a spot for when Dak or whomever comes back on the other side of the buy to kind of really take this into high gear and, 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 yep. and kind of, let the offense start to unfold even further. Um, and, you know, look, the Cowboys did a great job last night, but there are certainly things that the, where they can improve and they need to improve if they're going to be any good. Um, but I, I think this, what we've seen from this team without their starting quarterback has been incredibly impressive.
0: Yeah, and I, I want to talk about that a little bit more. But before we do that, I want to tell you guys about prize picks, which is just so much fun if you, if you haven't played with them before. All you have to do is pick two to five players. If they score more or less than their prize pick projection, you can win up to 10 times your money on any entry. No competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections available. Prize picks offers projections on just about any sport that you watch. That includes the NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, PGA, college football, men's college basketball, women's college basketball, soccer, WNBA, eSports, NASCAR, tennis, MMA, boxing, disc golf, Euro basketball, cricket, and more entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. They are currently operational in over 30 states and in Canada. All you have to do is download the Prize Pick app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up to play daily fantasy sports. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, Prize Pick will give you 100 If you deposit 50 They'll give you 50. Don't forget to use promo code locked on at Sign up for an instant deposit match over $100. All right, let's 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 talk about Cooper Rush. But before we do that, because I feel like this is getting lost in the whole thing. I thought Mike McCarthy and Kellam Moore called an amazing game on Monday night. And I thought they were great against the Bengals. There have now been 14 games where the Cowboys have not had Dak Prescott since Mike McCarthy has been the head coach. The Cowboys are 7-7 seven and seven in those games. And that includes Cooper Rush starting games, Ben DiNucci, uh, Andy Dalton, Garrett Gilbert. They lost a lot of one-score games back in 2020. Mike McCarthy has shown, not just with the Cowboys, but also with the Packers, he just knows how to win games with a backup quarterback. In the previous regime, had no idea how to do that. So I think McCarthy deserves a lot of credit today.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think Mike, you know, has a real understanding on on the concept of paths to victory, right? Like the idea of uh, having multiple ways to win a game and and, and understanding those different paths and, and and you know adjusting as needed depending on the personnel that's out there. Uh, that that record is is incredibly impressive. Uh, you know, I'm going to throw in something else here. You know, we, we we've heard a, a lot of chatter. And man, you should have seen some of the the comments in the chat at, at the Cowboys YouTube channel uh, during the Mike McCarthy press conference. Just a lot of chatter about people suggesting that you know that Cooper Rush uh, come in and take Dak's job, and and, yeah. and and all this. And the reason I'm bringing that up here is because I think part of what's what is uh, driving that is I think that they should consider calling the game similar. For when Dak gets back, you know, I I think that the play calling set Cooper up uh, for a lot of success. They understood what he did well, and they and they didn't try to do too much,
0: and they didn't need to do too much. Not in this um, game. It, it, things are going to change when they play some better defensive Sure, but and, in and, games like this, you don't need to be too exotic, right? Well, and and I think that that I, I what I more mean more than anything is that I
1: think that Dak Dak the one thing that Dak could take from this whole situation is to look at exactly what the Cowboys did early in these last two games and see where they they were having early success in a way that, that, that when he's in there that they haven't recently. So um, whether that's changing up the, 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 you know, the, the, the play sheet for the first 15 plays, the game script, whether that's just, you know, overall kind of simplifying things a little bit early on and then building towards, you know, more complex stuff. That's, that's fine. I just think that there is something to, to the idea that, 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 the Kellen Moore and Mike McCarthy have done such a really good job of setting the offense up to just get easy first downs, just to yes. kind of complete a couple of things, continue the drives uh, and set Cooper up with success. And then beyond that too, to give Cooper credit, you know, he's executed excellently. I mean, I think he played much better game even than he did last week. Um, but I, I think it's, McCarthy and Moore both deserve a lot of credit for their ability to handle a lot of different things. I mean, it wasn't even just Cooper Rush. You think about they, they had they were rotating in Jason Peters. Mm-hmm. They got no Schultz last minute, so that, that means they're starting two rookie tight ends, and they played a ton, and they mm-hmm. played well. Uh, so just kind of you know everything from play calling to understanding your personnel. Um, they did a really good job of setting up their offense with not a ton of firepower at this point to uh, be able to be efficient enough to keep them in the game and win the game.
0: Yeah, I I thought Cooper Rush played as good as or as well as you can expect a backup quarterback to play. He was confident in his reads. He was throwing the ball accurately. He was giving his receivers a chance, and they didn't always deliver, but he was giving them a chance. I I thought he was really good. I want to talk about CeeDee Lamb uh, because if you were on Twitter at all uh, during the Monday night game (laughs) – it felt like we were at the point where Cowboys Nation was just about ready to turn on CeeDee Lamb. And I get it, right? Like, when you're playing a really close, you know, game like this on the road against a division rival, you can't throw away points. And that's basically what, Dag- or what excuse me, CeeDee Lamb did on that drop, right? He catches that pass. The Cowboys are inside the 20-yard line. He might have even scored. Instead, they're punting. But the reason why... You should stay patient and believe and keep trusting guys like CeeDee Lamb is because of what they can eventually do later in games. They can overcome stuff. I thought CeeDee's drive late in the fourth or early in the fourth quarter was maybe the best I've ever seen him play. I'll just go through it really quickly. So the Giants are up t- uh, 13 to, yeah, or they, they tied the game. It's 13-13, right? Um, CeeDee Lamb catches four passes on that drive. He starts with a 17-yard dig route. He catches a pass on fourth and four to give the Cowboys a first down. Then he gets a 26-yard gain to put the Cowboys down to the one-yard line. And then he catches the touchdown. Those are the type of drives that elite receivers make. And he did it last night. So I know it was so bad in the first half, but he certainly redeemed himself in the second half.
1: Yeah, and uh, let's not just simply walk past that fourth and fourth. The fourth and fourth catch was basically the ball game as far oh, as I'm yeah, concerned. Yeah. It was the biggest play of the game. When he caught that and converted that, uh, you felt like, okay, the offense has got this. They had just scored uh, their first touchdown on the previous drive. You felt like they were starting to get it together. They convert that fourth down. I think maybe a play or two plays later, they they give the big toss to, to uh, Lamb where he was able to muscle his way down to the one. And then, if I can, just really quickly, the fade touchdown. Uh, unbelievable. Absolute mastery. I mean, I talked, yeah. about, I tweeted about it earlier. Des Bryant used to kill folks just by being able to out-jump and out-muscle everyone on that route. Mm-hmm. C.D. Lamb, in ju- with just one yard, was able to create separation with his feet at the line of scrimmage with an incredible release, was able to keep balance and keep – Uh, separation with his hands uh, as he got into the end zone. And then not only secure the, not only secure the snag, like get the ball with one hand, but bring it into his chest, secure it against his body all before he hit the ground so that he would, so there would be no doubt that it was a catch and also doing all that while getting both feet in bounds all in one smooth motion CeeDee Lamb has the ability with with that level of just ultra smoothness and and just like absurd technique to kind of pull things off like that where there's not a ton of room to operate. But he suddenly, with one yard, was able to create separation, pull in the ball, keep his feet in bounds, and score the touchdown. That's, again – to, to your point, that's why you keep at it. That's why you wait for CeeDee Lamb to wake up because once he does, he's an absolute monster. And, and I, I, one of my best friends is a huge OU fan. I'll just, real quick, after mm-hmm. that second drop, after, not, after, not after the big one, but after the other one that happened to the tip pass, like I think-
0: Yeah, I, I don't know later, if you count it as a drop, but one he probably needs to catch. Yeah, yeah I, probably. I it. Yep. it wouldn't have been
1: a first down,
0: but no, you know, he got just, his hands on it. Yeah. And that,
1: and then just having it happen just after that, it was just like, oh, you know? Yeah. Uh, one of my best friends went to OU, and he texted me right after that. He's like, "I'm finding it harder and harder to defend CD Lamb because he's also a Cowboys fan, right?" And 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 I and you know, literally by the time I read that tweet, you know, he's scoring a touchdown, and and it's just like that just shows you how quickly that turns around. And and the Cowboys needed CD Lamb to to go on that drive. That drive may have been as important as any drive. Uh, yes. this this season simply because they need C D Lamb to start kicking it into high gear. And and I think maybe that whole process was a real wake-up call for him. And 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 that's good because they need him to be more of the elite player
0: that we saw last year yes. than what we've seen the first two weeks. I, I think that was the worst half I've ever seen C D Lamb play yeah. in the first half. But it might have been it came a to of- a head,
1: right? Like yeah. it's just like it just feels like the last two games came to a head with him. And it's just like that's it's like he finally woke himself up from a, sl- a deep it's, sleep or something.
0: It's going to sound weird. That was the worst half I've ever seen him play, but that might have been the best game he's ever played in the NFL just because of how much they needed him to be great in the second half. And he was. And every time they targeted him, he made a big play. I mean, the touchdown was incredible. But maybe my favorite part of that drive on the, the 26-yard game where he put it down to the one-yard line, he didn't tiptoe out of bounds. He didn't no. try to cut back upfield. He put his head right into the middle of the defender's chest. It almost scored the touchdown there. Yeah. It's like, hey, I'm going to get this as close as I can. That's the CD land the Cowboys need to see more consistently. And if if he can continue to put drives together like that, the offense is going to be just fine. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's, let's talk about the defense. Because um, I have some mixed feelings on the defense. I'll, I'll just give you the floor. What did you think about the defense here in week three?
1: Uh, it was good. I think it was up and down a little bit. I mean, I, obviously they they, they limited it under under twenty points. I I mean, again, maybe my expectation level was too high, but that's what I expect.
0: Exactly. See, that's the thing. That's exactly what my thoughts were. It's like, man, the Giants are moving the ball up and down the field. I think they ended up having three hundred and thirty five yards. But we're at to the point with the Cowboys' defense where, hey, if you give up sixteen points and you know they have three hundred and something yards, we feel a little bit disappointed because that's how talented they are. Well, I'll tell you this much. The pass rush part
1: was, I mean, th- going back to what I was saying, this is why I was shocked that everyone was picking the Giants, to be honest, because I just felt like there was no way they were going to be able to throw the ball consistently enough to win, right? Because of the pass rush the Cowboys were providing, because how terrible the Giants have been at, at, at rushing the passer. I mean, at blocking, at, at stopping the, the, the pass rush. What did we say on – on a Monday morning, when we said, I said, the only way that I thought that they could get the ball going, the only way that the Giants' offense could get going is if Daniel Jones sneaks out the front of the pocket or if they get penalties after hitting Daniel Jones after sneaking out of the pocket. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, out, again, outside of one uh, uh, Saquon Barkley run where he broke it loose. That was the majority of their offense. Was Daniel Jones running with, with the football mm-hmm. trying to escape pressure? He got hit like I don't I don't I lost count of what the, the lost track of what the count is. He got hit numerous times, was on his back constantly, was under duress, having to throw the ball with defenders in his face, was sacked multiple times. We will get to D Law, I am sure. Uh, but I, I think that you know just that's what I expected. What I didn't expect was that they would continue to kind of give up some yardage here and there. I thought that it would be even more locked down than it was. Um, you know, I'm not certainly not disappointed. The Cowboys defense no. u- ultimately played great, but they also left some opportunities on the field. There were at least another two interceptions that they probably dropped. Uh, you know, just they got off. There were times when they should have been off the field and, and you know, Jordan Lewis gets a holding penalty. Uh, just things like that. I, I, I hold the defense to a high standard, so I guess that's why – I'm not you know' just gushing necessarily, but i think that's that pass rush that everyone else seems shocked about was my baseline expectation for what I thought this defense should be doing to that offensive
0: line. The Cowboys had thirty five pressures in this game that is more that is more than the Rams and the Saints have had all season long i mean it's it's incredible I mean the pass rush was awesome it's just they got one turnover it's whatever it's just it felt like the cowboys were struggling to get the third and long and whenever they got the third and long they were typically pretty good if they didn't commit a penalty but yeah we're just at a point now with this defense where hey if they're giving up more than 17 points a game we're disgusted because we know they can be better we know that they can hold teams to fewer points than that we know that they can they they are basically unstoppable when they get to third and long defense is really, really good, Lannon. really
1: good. It is. It, it, it's, a, it's a defense that you know they don't seem to care what you do on on your side of the 50. They're like, okay, once you, wake us up when you get when you get past the shield. yeah once you get past the shield, you're not going anywhere. No. like they're no. gonna destroy your run, your run scheme. They're gonna make you uh, get into a bad third and long situation, probably somewhere on their on the Cowboys 30 or 40 yard line. And they're going to force you into a third down situation. And then in third third and four or or more plus, you're going to have to deal with Armstrong. You're going to have to deal with Parsons. You're going to have to deal with D law. You're going to have to deal with Fowler yep. and they're going to all be coming and twisting and stunning and uh, from every different direction. And good luck, man. Like, uh, you know, obviously the giants certainly needed it and, and it didn't work out so well. For
0: them. I will say the one spot of this defense that has me a little bit concerned and they could definitely prove on is the linebacker position. They just, I, I thought this was probably the worst game I've seen from Leighton Van Rush and Anthony Barr. And this is a game where you miss J. Ron curse, right? Because Donovan Wilson made a couple big splash plays in this game, but he also missed some pretty yeah, big tackles. He had he a tough penalty. I think if you have J. Ron curse in this game, you're probably not playing bar and Vander together as much. You probably don't have to play Parsons as much as an off the ball linebacker. I think they, if they clean up that linebacker spot, you see them be a significantly better defense. Yeah,
1: maybe even they they instead of uh, Wilson they, they use Curse as a spy on 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 Jones I, in the second I half. I think that's possible. Yeah, he's
0: just a, he's a much more sound tackler than Wilson is. But Wilson gives you the splash plays, which Dan Quinn loves, obviously.
1: Yeah, obviously, and, and I, I think that that's the thing, right? It's just that you're so lucky to have options here. I mean, you're so yeah. lucky that that you know you don't have Curse, and so you it means you got to play more Donovan Wilson, who. Is not just some guy that can play backup safety, but as a guy who, yep. yeah, I mean, he's going to give up some plays. He may miss a tackle here too, but he's also creating plays. He's also yep. sacking the quarterback for an eleven-yard loss. He's making tackles for loss on run on run games. You know, it's, he's he's there in, the, in coverage. So, uh, yeah, the Cowboys' depth on defense right now is is shocking. It's just it's really really they, they're coming in waves. I mean, uh, John Owning during the during the uh during the broadcast at one point was like, why is the second line defense in there with, I think it was five minutes left to go in the fourth quarter. And and my thought process was at the time. Uh, well, this may not be the last drive for the giants, right? Like, so maybe they're yeah. saving that last rush. And then we were up by 10 at that point.
0: I, uh, I think they were saving it for the next drive in case they yeah. needed them. Right?
1: But, but meanwhile, what ended up happening is that Armstrong ends up getting in there and, 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 sacking him. I think they ended up calling it back. That was the Jordan Lewis, a uh, hold, if I'm not mistaken, mm. but you know, like, they were the backup guys were getting in there and and doing their thing too. So uh, yeah, I I agree. The linebackers, I think, you know, just being a little bit shorthanded this week, you know, not having Gifford and having Cox in there a little bit, uh, you know, maybe they they were a little bit uh, judicious about when they were rotating him in a little bit, but I thought that overall the defense played really well. Uh, Anthony Barr was real up and down at times. I I think that that's just going to be a thing that may happen just because he's an older player. Uh, but I, I do think that overall the Cowboys defense um you know played well not just up front, I mean not just the the, the top line guys, but you know with the second and third line as well.
0: yeah, I thought they are absolutely incredible uh, really quickly on Michael Parsons since pretty clearly he wasn't hundred percent in this game. Yeah. Um, in fact, this was his lowest graded game since uh week eight against the Vikings last year. Just to show you where we're at with Micah Parsons right now, he finished the game with six pressures, four quarterback hits, and three hurries. And he had an off game. Just, I mean, the expect, again, the standard, the,
1: the expectation, you know, it's, it's, it's very high there and it should be. Uh, I mean, he's shown you
0: that he can put up with it. That's incredible, though. Um, I, just awesome. We should also just talk about Lawrence for a minute before we go. I was just going to say. Yeah, yeah. because it, it would be a shame not to. This is the best game I've ever seen Demarcus Lawrence play, and I'm not sure that it's all that close. He was a game wrecker in this one. The Giants couldn't block him. He finished the game with seven pressures, three sacks, a bunch of hurries and hits. I think five stops, uh, run stops, and he played 39 snaps. I I think he played. I think he was the best player
1: on the field last night. Oh time. yeah, I mean, I, I mean unbelievable. Just had an effect on the on the game in a way that a few other players did. I mean, even Micah Parsons, who was you know kind of opening things up overall for the defense, when he was on the field, uh, he was practically unblockable. Evan Neal didn't have a chance. Like nope. it's just whether it was technique getting around in the backfield, avoiding chips by running the arc as opposed to going inside, uh, kicking inside to play as a three technique, and just destroying cards. <laughs> like uh, yeah, awesome. I mean he was just awesome all over the place the the amount of fear that was struck in me when he went down and grabbed his foot and i was just thinking god not another foot injury for this guy but the fact that he was able
0: to get back in really
1: made me feel better obviously and then i
0: think he recorded a sack when he got back in so was- yeah
1: so i mean uh just a fantastic performance by a guy who has been you know wrongly kind of uh uh wrecked by cowboys nations for times because of the contract he's Mm -hmm. one of the best players he's he's one of the very best players on this team and when he's right he's one of the very best pass rushers
0: and defenders in the league and and he showed that last night yeah he he was absolutely incredible if he can continue to play like that there's not a defense in the late that's going to be better than the dallas cowboys this year it it just it's it's not going to happen because Parsons and Lawrence together are absolutely incredible.
1: Armstrong, real
0: quick, before we get yeah, sure. talk.
1: Armstrong has play, has three sacks, I think, through three games at this point, plus Four a blocked sacks. field goal. Four sacks. Four sacks through three games, plus a blocked field goal. Another guy who just is all over the place. You know, it's just like – what. mostly it's been a lot of kind of late in the, the snap sacks, but those still matter, right? Those He's still there and he's still making plays. So, uh, yeah, I mean, these Fowler, Armstrong, uh, Lawrence, Parsons – you couldn't ask for a better force them a defensive yep. end as, as it is right now.
0: Yeah, eight pressures over the last two games for Dorn Armstrong despite being a part-time player pretty pretty good. Uh also, made a monster kick block or you know, field goal yep. block early in the game to make sure that the Giants did get out to an early lead. He's been one of the Cowboys' better special teams players for a while now. So don't forget the little plays like that that end up uh, helping you win a game, you know, by a touchdown. All right, That is it for today's show. Thank you for tuning in and we want to thank you for making Locked On Cowboys your first listen every day. Now make your second listen the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson give you the expert NFL analysis in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. All the same places that you would download the Locked On Cowboys podcast. We'll be back on Wednesday to break down some of the film, give away some notes. Well, I'm sure we'll talk about the offensive line. We'll talk about Jason Peters at left guard that we didn't even get to talk about today. Oh, or man. Terrence Steele at right tackle, who I thought was incredible. unbelievable. So, yeah. Make sure you guys come back and I'll tune in for that tomorrow. Follow Landon on Twitter at McCoolBCB. I am at Marcus underscore Mosier. Enjoy your victory Tuesday. We'll see you guys next time.